Ars of Sefiri is proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to episode 53 of Ours is the Fury. Today with Blogsmith. Hello. No Ryan today, but uh, we have a wonderful uh, replacement, someone you might recognize. Hello, Kendra. Hi. And your host, John. So, obviously, we're really, really happy. The uh, Ottawa Fury just uh, won two games in a row uh, in their three-day road trip. Uh, yesterday, they won... 4-1 against the New York Cosmos away. Historical. Yep. And then before that, we won 2-0 in Fort Lauderdale. So I don't think anyone expected it to go this well. Uh, what about you guys? No. I mean, Mm-mm. I was expecting maybe three, four points. Would have been, would have been like a good road trip. Yeah. In the last episode, I was saying if we come home away with four points, mm-hmm. it would be great. I was trying to be like positive in the article that I wrote for Northern Starting Eleven, and I was like, "Well, they have a pretty good road record," but I, I was like, oh, "I hope they're okay," because <laughs> like the games are so close together, like Saturday, then Tuesday, then Saturday, and they're not even coming home to Ottawa. So, I was like, "That's exhausting." Yeah, I'm starting to think that these three-day road trips, uh, sorry, the three-match road trips in a week. It's something the Fury really like because we had one of those before earlier in the season. And I think we won all three of them, right? Um, that sounds made familiar. up. No, <laughs> no, it does sound familiar. Like I feel like, I mean, they do have a really good road uh, winning streak kind of thing, so that's possible. Yeah. So let's get back to the the game in Miami or Fort Lauderdale, which is basically Miami. Um, <clears throat> so we won two zero, but let's look at the lineup. Um, everything the same, really, in the back, as usual. Um, Ubi, uh, Richie Ryan, and Eustachio were, were three in the middle. Wiedemann on the right, Oliver Minotel on the left. And then we had the change of Ali Hassan starting instead of Tommy Heinemann. And it was a very, very hot game. I think it was like 38 degrees with the humid index. Um, and you could tell that they weren't sprinting like the whole game. How do you, how, Locksmith, how do you remember the first half going? Uh, I remember it being super boring. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I remember going, wow, when it was half end. Yeah, except that uh, goal line clearance from Oliver in like the yes. third or fourth minute. Which could have been a goal. It could have been, but luckily NASL can't afford goal line technology. So <laughs> or we'll cameras that can even remotely tell. <laughs> yeah. It's like the best angle is from behind him. And then there was a huge chance for Pino, and for some reason, the foul was called on him, but it wasn't really one in the 15th minute. That was a huge chance. Um, I remember Colin Falvey doing great tackles, as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was lightning. Lightning. <laughs> in the background. That was crazy. I'm like, that's like a mile away. Yeah, I was I was really dreading the lightning because that sometimes means that like we've seen before against I think Indy Eleven it was mm. where they have to like like interrupt the game and then you have to wait half an hour between lightnings and it just becomes like the longest game of life. Um, I think it took all the way to the twenty seventh minute when we saw the first Fury chance. It was a nice ball in by Oliver, but uh, Ali Hassan didn't anticipate it soon enough and sort of slid by it. And there was another chance later on by Ryan Richter, 
um, that was from a free kick um, and yeah that's pretty much the first half it, but I think overall we were lucky to, that it was just 0-0 zero, zero at half I think they had yeah they had uh, far and away the, the most chances we were playing really deep back like almost park the bus style I remember a few times they they play the ball up to Hassan and he would literally have the ball with no one around him whatsoever. Yeah, so how do you guys think that experiment went to, to go with uh, Ali Hassan up front rather than Tommy Heinemann? I can't comment because I was at a wedding for the first half. <laughs> so. We weren't going to mention that, Kendra. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, um, Blocksmith, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I liked it. I mean... He didn't really, I guess, except for that one chance he missed, he didn't really have a lot of chances. Didn't get a lot of service. They are playing deep back, as I said. But I did like him in the second half, and I do I do really like Heinemann cut off the bench, given that, that energy, which he did in this game. Yeah. But then Ali Hassan did end up scoring. Um, it was a beautiful sprint from Ubi, who dribbles and then nutmegs someone, and then assists <laughs> Ali, you know, all in one play. <laughs> Um, and Ubi had uh, had uh, hit the crossbar just a few minutes before that when he got a reflection. Uh, sorry, I wrote reflection in our notes, but it's obviously a deflection. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I think that was a situation where he should have passed to Oliver, but in this scene, he really made up for it. And yeah, but Fort Lauderdale strikers, they weren't really shocked. They they came back at us. I remember a shot specifically from Fridas or Fridas or whatever, where he hit the post and Paisa was already beaten. Yeah, that was scary. Yeah, yeah, Paisa didn't even move. <laughs> yeah, but it hit the post, so we were lucky there. And then freaking PC, who I think the whole league hates. Like he's such a little shite. Like ah, oh, I hate him. He looks like like an evil hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he got a second yellow after basically swinging his arm into a Fury player's face. I can't remember who it was. Uh, Richard. Oh, okay. And then he whined to the ref, and the ref was like, oh, fuck off. When did, <laughs> when did he get his uh, first yellow? Uh, that I don't remember. I also don't remember. His because I feel like maybe he got his... I don't know if the two yellows were the same because he was started screaming at the referee after that, or was it No, I think it was an earlier one. Oh, yeah, okay. I think... Two separate instances. I did see this half, so I can comment on this. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but you probably didn't see the first yellow because maybe it happened in the first half. Oh, but we don't really remember. <laughs> Forgive us. You got the yellow for that, but you could give a red for that. And how crazy was it when Richie Ryan dislocated oh, yeah. the shoulder? <laughs> and the physio oh, yeah. comes on the field and he goes... <laughs> His arm was just hanging down. And I was like, "Oh, that does not look good." And then he keeps playing until the end of the match, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I, w- I thought for sure they're gonna take him out, you know, rest him, and like I was like, "Oh man, he's probably not gonna be able to play the next two games," you know. And he just like finishes the match as if nothing had happened. <laughs> like what a like, what a guy. Man. If you want respect in a, in a hockey town, that's that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A uh, couple more chances by Tommy Heinemann, uh, who came on as the Joker, but uh, couldn't score. Um, who scored our second goal here? It was Ubi. Of course it was. And uh, he was the man of the match, really. Uh, Blocksmith, can you describe that goal to us? Yeah, Ustakio made this uh, really nice pass to Ubi. Kind of 
dribble to about top of the box and beat the keeper along the ground. Very nice to see. Yeah, so that was uh, Florida. So that went really well for us. I was already really psyched and I was thinking, you know, even if we lose the next two matches, at least we won in Florida and then New York came, which is the next match we'll jump right into. No break for you guys because we have so much content today. We got to use our breaks sparingly. <laughs> no break for the Fury, no break for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so for the lineup for the next game, we had Falvis as our center back, uh, Ryan Richter on the right, uh, Mason Trafford on the left, Paisan goal as usual, uh, the same <laughs> midfielders, <laughs> Richie, Ryan, Ubi, and Eustachio, and then we had Junior on the right and Howarth on the left this time, and then Tommy Heinemann starting. So if I'm seeing this correctly, two changes with um, Oliver on the bench and uh, Howarth starting and then Heinemann starting again for Ali Hassan. And um, it was a scary first half, to me at least. Like, New York looked much stronger than us, I thought. Kind of similar to that game we witnessed in, uh, in Brooklyn mm -hmm. when we went down in, in the spring. I'll admit I was a little concerned after the first half. Uh, I, I thought that, um, you know, we played okay, but I was like, okay, um, we're playing New York. This is to be expected kind of thing. Um, so... Yeah, but a great uh, defensive performance by the Ottawa Fury, I thought. Like, if you go back and, and watch the first half, you'll, you'll notice uh, great tackles by Falvey, one in particular towards the end of the half. There's one tackle by Richie Ryan where he sort of gets knocked off the ball and, like, he rolls around and somehow remains in control and possession. That was like, beautiful. How the hell is he still <laughs> in possession here? Richie Ryan, if you're listening, that was amazing. <laughs> um... And then, if I if I don't remember incorrectly, our goal came in the first half, right? We we were leading one zero. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that uh, okay, cool. Uh, and that was uh, was that the Richie Ryan free kick where he floated it into the box mm -hmm. and the ball was really long in the air. And then uh, was it was it uh, Falvey? Falvey headed it, and then Paolo. Paolo Junior finished it beautifully yeah. with a lot of power behind it. Um. I, I like a lot of Cosmos fans have been bitching all over social media that the ref was against them and so on. And like a lot of people said that Ryan Richter m did a handball in the forty fourth minute. That should have been a. Yeah, I didn't really see that. I mean, he went to ground. But I didn't see how. Yeah. And I guess it could have. I didn't really see it hit his hand, but. Yeah. I remember thinking like, whoa, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, maybe we couldn't have complained had that been called, but you know, if when you lose four one, it's 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 likely not the referee's fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the second half had a lot more action in it than the first. Uh, didn't start off so well for the Fury because the Cosmos scored within two minutes. Um, it was uh, Andres Alexander Flores Mejia <laughs> who scored. Uh, he beat Falvey on a header and Pizer could do anything about it and that's I think that's when the most crucial part of the match really started because that's where it started to tip towards Cosmo's favor like I was thinking they're going to turn it around here and they might not, take the win not me I was like oh man are you talking about New York coming back yeah New York oh yeah <laughs> I was like yeah this is done We're, it's either going to stay 1-1 one, one, or yeah New York will pot a second one mm -hmm. and my hopes just 
drowned We're in my We're dashed. <laughs> and before we get into like the amazing efforts of all our players, uh, um, you know, all, all our field players, we do have to make one huge mention here and just say how great Pizer was in this game. He made so many important mm -hmm. saves. Like he really mm -hmm. kept us in the game. Like there was one uh, shot that he saved against Flores in the 55th. Um, also, actually, there was another New York chance just before that where Fernandez had a completely open shot in the box from like 10 yards and he completely mm. fluffs it. That was scary. He just broke their spirits. Yep. There's... Like, he, like he could tell. Like they were just broken. They just they were just so frustrated that they couldn't beat him. Like if, when I look at my game notes, like every three or four minutes, it's like... Pizer with a huge save. Pizer was a terrific save. Pizer was a fantastic save. So that's pretty much how the game went. But, you know, we made the most of our chances. And, uh, Ubi, do you want to describe... Ubi. I mean, Kendra. <laughs> do you want to describe what Ubi did? How, how can I say anything but amazing? No, he has been really playing really, really well. And, um, again, like, obviously I, I love watching him play and he's a really great midfielder and just kind of like connects passes with whoever needs them at the time and seems to be in the right place at the right time and just the last two games he's been like a super strong player and it's it's really really nice to see yeah that second goal from uh, from the fury ubi chip passed it to junior who was like all right ubi chips it i guess i'll just chip it over the keeper <laughs> <laughs> so that was beautiful um Tommy had another big chance uh, where he like stops it really well with his first touch, but then just takes too much time. I don't know if you remember that one. Like it's one of those that he probably should have one timed. Mm, yeah. um, free kick for Richie Ryan. There was another big chance, and then another big moment from Ubi. I remember this really well. It was a three on two situation, and. I think it may have been Junior on his right that was completely open, but instead of passing to him, he just passed it to Tommy on the left. And then Tommy went for the diagonal pass, but it went off the defender and he own gold it. <laughs> and then Tommy celebrated like it was all him. He was like, no, that was the, my goal. No, that was the second goal. No, no, but in the first goal, he also celebrated. Like it's, That's it's, true. It's he was kind of like, yeah. But yeah, describe the epic uh, Tommy Heinemann goal celebration when he scored the fourth Ottawa goal. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> there was like fist pumping and like swimming on the grass and it was amazing. It had everything. I loved every second of it. Uh, and yeah, that goal was another beautiful pass from Ubi uh, who split the defense and then Heinemann showed good composure and just finished it. I think it was the bottom right. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate we didn't get credit with that assist. I mean, he set up, you know, the last three goals, and he kind of just ends up with the one assist. How come he didn't get credited for the final assist? I have no idea. <laughs> How is that not an assist? NASL, come on. <laughs> it's a one touch from Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> they did not credit him with an assist. Maybe right. we can get that changed. Injustice. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. So that makes Ottawa Fury's win even more remarkable, you know, against mm -hmm. the against the NASL <laughs> regime. <laughs> no, joking aside, this is just amazing. Like I was buzzing all last night and this morning. Uh, it's just fantastic what this team is doing. Well, and they had never won against the, the Cosmos ever. I don't I don't know what our best results against them has been, but it 
was just one of those things where it's like, well, you play the Cosmos, you hope for the best. Yeah, and I think this means that we've beat every single NASL team. Yeah. And it took us less than two years to do that, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, this road trip, the last two games, Fort Lauderdale was our first win, we beat them away, and then New York, that's their, our first win against them, we beat them away. And, yeah, we're set up for, I mean, I pretty much guarantees we make the playoffs. I mean, oh, not yeah. mathematically, but... It it's just now a, a, a matter of question, like, what seed, if we'll be mm -hmm. first, second, third, or fourth seed. Um, I want to jinx it, but it's looking pretty damn good. Yeah, puts us back into the uh, the first seed overall. Yeah. Oh, we're in first seed? Uh, well, we're, we're point behind, but... We're, yeah. yeah, we're first in the But following. we have a game in hand, right? No. Not no? anymore. No. Okay. I think the New York game was our game in hand. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh... Well, I mean, one thing we should mention also is how well the team defended collectively in both games. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody is working their ass off, whether it's the wingers or even the strikers up top. Like, Tommy Heinemann is, like, running his lung out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just great to see. All right, so we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Hours is a Fury podcast. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Welcome back, guys. So let's look, take a look at the Academy right now. Um, wasn't the greatest of weekends for the Academy. They lost 2-0 against Lakeshore. Uh, Bloxmans, did you have a chance to go see them? No, this was in Montreal, so unfortunately I didn't. Where's your dedication, man? <laughs> no, it's down the tubes these days. <laughs> anyway, from, uh, from what I gather from the website, the PLSQ website, the Fury only traveled with three subs on their bench. Was one of them a keeper? Yes. <laughs> so really only <laughs> two subs. Oh, what's yes. going on? Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't find the Junior Academy's results. I don't want to say this, but they probably lost. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely, yeah. And then when's the next games? So Saturday, October 3rd. That's the day before uh, the Edmonton game. Uh, 5 p.m. against Gatineau, so the local rivalry, the local derby. And is that at home or in Gatineau? This will be at Algonquin. Okay. Oh, no, it's not. It's at Gatineau. The, the game after is at Algonquin, yes, right? Yes, Saturday, October 10th. Please excuse uh, Bloss with <laughs> erratic behavior. He's a little bit hungover. You're getting like a C-minus effort from me today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pretty much uh, that sums up the Academy stuff. When they play at home, we can give you a little bit more detail, but when they play away, we have to rely on the non-existent... But you can go to the Gatineau game. It's like the Very, very city. far. It's the whole of the oh province. Oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> no, you're one right. bus ride. All right, and then uh, let's get into the next section, which I hope will be a, a section every week from now on, because, guys... All right, fasten your seatbelt. Okay, I'm... <laughs> We have gotten our very first iTunes review! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty exciting. I was, I was pretty pumped when I saw that. And um, the person that reviewed us, his name is OVTC6. So we have a good idea who that is, Martin Bird. <laughs> so thank you so much for rating us. If you do enjoy this show, go on iTunes and, and write a few things and um, you know, rate us out of five stars. It really helps our podcast and uh, we get very happy. 
So anyway, what he wrote is, Fury-tastic, the only place to go for your Ottawa Fury news. Comprehensive coverage and great guests. It's like potato salad for your ears. So go back there and write us a review. This week's word is cauliflower. So work that into your review. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to read another one of those soon. Speaking about communicating with our listeners, let's go straight into listener questions. And then we'll do some uh, Ottawa Fury news after. Um, we had a question for you guys, and that is, what do you see as uh, Mark Dos Santos's greatest contribution to the Fury? And that's because um, Mark Dos Santos announced that he will not be back next year, unfortunately. That was a big blow last week, actually a day after we recorded the podcast, <laughs> where we're all like, yeah, he's going to write an extension, you know? <laughs> we're all so optimistic, and then he's like, yeah, he's gone. How do you guys feel after you heard that? Oh, I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, he was hinting at it, and there was all these signs, but like, to be honest, it just kind of happened, and I was like, whoa. Um, so I was a little bit blindsided, and kind of had to think about it a little bit. Um, I mean, it's great for him if he's, you know, progressing in his career, but would have been nice for, you know, another season or two. Yeah, I mean, I always knew that he was going to leave eventually because, you know, he, he's very ambitious and he's, he's a really good manager, so he has not reached his peak level. I mean, Ottawa Fury, it's, it's NASL, like he can do better than that for sure. And I wish him all the best for his future. I just hope the rumors aren't true that he's going to be an assistant coach in MLS at, at Kansas City because I think he should be a head coach at least, given his, his resume. Yeah, that was kind of the double blow. Like the first, when you first heard that he wasn't coming back, that was like, it wasn't shocking in that, in that sense that you probably knew this was going to come eventually. It's probably a lot sooner than you thought. But kind of it was surprising because we were all talking about it last episode how it's going to be contract extension there's no way he'd say he's leaving this time of year but yeah when the but that second blow when the it was kind of almost confirmed basically that he would be going to SKC as an assistant yeah well it remains to be seen I mean for sure we'll closely follow what, what Mark Dos Santos uh, is going to do in the future but I think it can't be overstretched how much of an impact he's had on this club and how crazy it is that for a, um, a second-year expansion team to be top of the league right now and in, in playoff contention, and it, it's just amazing. And, and on such a l tiny budget, right? Let's not mm -hmm. forget we're like in the bottom three of the league when, when it comes to expenditure. Uh, with an ownership group that only really... Like, the only reason we exist is because the football team doesn't play enough home games a year. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's the premise. So it's, it's amazing what he has done, and hopefully we can find um, a good replacement, but we'll leave that question open at, for a later date. Uh, we did have some responses in regards to, the, to Dos Santos leaving. Um, OIT question bot says, MDS's contributions to club culture best answered two seasons from now. But for now, bringing in so much talent on a middling budget. So yeah, we mentioned that. It's uh, like I don't know where he found some of these players, but they've really exploded under him. You can tell he's a good coach because a lot of the young players um, 
have started to bloom under him, like Mauro, Yustakio, Haworth, and and other players who, uh, like Richie Ryan, who you'd think were at their tail end of their career, are, are having like a second summer, and yeah. Oh man, it just sucks. <laughs> it really does. Um, and then Martin Bird said the following. Um, he said, laying the foundation for the team's philosophy and playing style and winning the soccer bowl, I hope, in quotation marks. <laughs> um, and I, I, I was just going to mention that, actually. Like, um, Somebody said at some point, I'm sure he said it before, too, but like whether he's the coach or you know, someone else is coming in to replace him, like they've got the playing style down already and you know, they they've got sort of a system that they're they're working with and it's it's become pretty pretty well known and so like the the basis and the foundation is already there, so hopefully that continues and I think that, you know, the attitude of the players is um, you know, something that was really important to set out right at the beginning. So I yeah, I think that's a really important point. For sure. And of course, as every week, you could ask us any question you want, you know, if it's to do with the Fury and soccer related. <laughs> and uh, you can do that on Twitter. We're at OIT Fury. And we did have a few uh, responses this week. One of them from this guy called Ryan, who is at Coxon. Weird. I don't know who that is, but whatever. <laughs> we'll read his question, I guess. Um, how does the rescheduled Red Flag slash Argos game on October 6th? affect our chances of football lines on the fourth well i think the club needs to answer that question but they've, they've had a turnaround before that was in a short window like this and it, it's giving me hope that they won't be football lines because it will be after the match right so it's it's worse if it's if the football game is two days after the fury game no it what? is two days after the fury oh sorry i mixed, messed up the dates yeah, I, I think it's I think it's the painting of the lines that takes the time. I think yeah. scrubbing them off. Then we'll have lines actually, yeah. Then so, we'll have lines. Unfortunately. Although when when I'm in the stadium it doesn't bother me as much as when I have mm. the lines on T V. Like to be honest, the one time we had them this year, didn't even notice them after a while. Hmm. Kendra's like <laughs> You're not a no lines. <laughs> Um, then we have a question from someone with Chinese character's name, so <laughs> I, unfortunately I don't know how to pronounce that. And his Twitter handle is at Poetics as usual. And uh, he says, is the Canadian transfer window closed? Can Ottawa Fury still get Musa Nudi 23? <laughs> I think Alexander Nundu is unattached. So to my understanding, if a player is unattached, and he has been unattached for quite a while, they can still be brought in. But now is not really the time to introduce <laughs> a new player of any kind because we don't really have the need on any position. Things are going really well right now. Like, why would you mix that up? Yeah, I did, uh, did a bit of research about these two players, middling amount of research. They're both internationals, so that's not. And uh, the last guy, Alexander Ndubu, like, last play for Marseille. Like, a little bit out of our league. <laughs> Probably a little bit budgetary concerns there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can dream, you know. Yeah. For sure. Uh, okay, and then Drew in Ottawa asked a question, Blocksmith. Darren in Ottawa? Mm-hmm. 
What would I say? <laughs> Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Oh, Sorry, he did. Sorry, Darren. <laughs> but uh, Andrew did not ask a question this week, so no. if you're listening to this, shame on you. And, and don't blame it on your toe. <laughs> <laughs> so Darren in Ottawa asks, what should I put in my flask to keep warm during the November playoff game? I'd go with Irish whiskey. Yes. Yes. That's a good, good shout. Furious Irish whiskey. Well, <laughs> well, Darren, as you know, you shouldn't be bringing anything into the stadium. Yeah, uh, if you could please consult the rules and regulations. Uh, I think uh, in, if you turn your ticket around, it's mm-hmm. quite clearly... Uh, yeah. Also, no umbrellas. They're considered weapons. <laughs> but there was umbrellas. The last game where it was raining, there was umbrellas. I didn't understand how we could just walk in with umbrellas and mine was open and I walked in with it and no one said anything but there was all this like concern about umbrellas anyway sorry (laughs) rant over (laughs) and then we had another question from uh, OIT question bot who by the way is at BBSC underscore curtain on Twitter Um, Kendra do you want to read this question yes he says can we rest Falvez now so, Falvis is, of course, Falvi and Alvis, our two center backs. Hell no! No, absolutely not! No. These guys, like, I don't think they want to be rested. Like, Falvi is right now playing the best he has all season. He's sliding all over the place and doing everything perfectly. I think that would kill his rhythm. So, and, and center backs aren't really players who traditionally have to rest as much. So... I'm clearly on the no front, and so is Kendra, I think. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I am too, but just to play devil's advocate, if you don't rotate people, you're forced to rotate people. Yes, that's a very nice Mm -hmm. line. And it would be nice to to see Drew Becky get a game because he has had such an unlucky year with injuries and so on. He had a good spring playing in in basically Richie Ryan's spot. Yeah. Which he's not very... Which he never played before. Did really well. Yeah, but in, in terms of the fall season, it's, it's been hard for him. Uh, and then Phil, who is at Gimme My Jetpack, says, Who should the Fury prioritize in resigning for next year? Let's assume everyone is on, ex- on an expiring one year this season. All right, we have to resign Pizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think he'll stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Um, Valvez. Yeah, our, our two center backs. Definitely. Richie Ryan, our captain. Mm-hmm. Who is actually signed for next year. Good. Oh, that's, yeah, that's but true. Didn't you read the question, Blasmus? Yeah, like I know. Assuming I they're know. on the one year. <laughs> <laughs> Don't insult their listeners' intelligence. Obviously, I'm going to go with Ubi. I think they should really, you know, keep him going, but... Yes. Yeah, and Ryan Richter. I think it's, it's going to be hard to find a better right back than him mm-hmm. at this level. And, uh... I think they should keep Oliver around. Yeah. One of the younger guys. Tough year for him. For sure. And, I mean, there's other players. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, someone like Nicky Patterson I'd like to keep around, too. Um, Currently, his recovery is going very well. Yeah, that's good to hear. I've heard that it's ahead of schedule. So that's that's lovely. Yeah, ACL is, is, is a tough injury to come back from, so... Oh, yeah, that's good to hear for sure. But I guess ultimately it will come down to what the new coach wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds weird coach. saying the new coach. 
Uh, Martin Burt wants to know how much would you like to see a playoff game at TD Place in the snow? Very much. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I, if I could please speak on behalf of Brian, like he loves the orange soccer balls, and uh, he, he also he loves winter more than he loves summer. So he's one of the few people who would look forward to the next understand. couple of months. Don't understand. <laughs> so yeah, it would be really funny to see. I don't know what's a hot team that's still in playoff contention. Like I mean, temperature wise, like maybe for yeah, Tampa or Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, it would be kind of funny to see them here in the snow. Um, and then Phil asked another question. If the Fury were in FIFA 16, who would have the highest rating or better yet give every player a rating? Okay, we're not going to go through every player, Phil. But um, what I do want to mention is um, a whole bunch of us have a PlayStation 4 in FIFA 16, and we have this pro team where we basically gather and we all play online at the same time. It's like this really nerdy thing, but it's really fun. So if you want to join our team, um, shoot us a tweet or go to our Facebook page, or you can email us at OurSisterFuryPodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we can have a great time playing FIFA, and we'll look just like the Fury, but unfortunately, <laughs> you know, we're not going to be the Fury. <laughs> Um, so let's let's do the following. Everybody rates three players of their choice, okay? And we won't repeat any. Uh, I have ashamedly never play, played FIFA, so I don't really know what okay, I'm so talking Ken, about. Kendra, you're going to start. <laughs> I don't what? know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay, so they're rated out of 100. Out of 100. And okay. like a Ronaldo is like a 91, maybe? And the Messi is like a 92 or something. Oh, God. And then the best rated player in that's Canadian is, I think, Atiba Hutchinson, who's like a 77. Okay. So De Guzman would probably be one of the highest rated players, I'd say, just based on reputation. These things are sort of based on your popularity as well as the, your form. So I would say he'd probably be like a 70, maybe? A 70? Okay. Can I say that Ubi's like a 68? <laughs> yeah. Based on that. I think that's pretty accurate, yeah. Little Pizer, like a 74. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Uh, I'm going to go with former player Mayard. <laughs> 42. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, that's mean. Anyway, that I think that's enough for this question. Because otherwise it just gets ridiculous. Um, Alright, so let's jump right into the news. Um... So yeah, obviously the DeSantis announcement dominated everything else, but there was a few other uh, um, things that we should mention. Uh, for example, Canada announced their uh, U23 Olympic qualifying roster, and uh, I was happy to see that Mauro Yostakil was named uh, to be among that roster. So if they qualify, he's going to go to Rio. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And Boakai is also part of it, you know, FC Edmonton's Canadian Messi. <laughs> and um, yeah, this uh, in a tournament will take place in October, so he will be missing some games. So hopefully, De Guzman come back by then. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, and then six Fury Academy members were invited to be part of the U twenty identification camp. So I, I have limited knowledge of this, but I think it's just where like a whole bunch of people get invited and they sort of make their first contact with the program and. Just, I guess, get rated and stuff. Correct. Although not in, in FIFA ratings. <laughs> <laughs> and those players, we should mention them by name, is Gabriel Sinani, Justin Earl, 
Quinn Honeyman Wooten and Gabriel Bitar from the club's junior academy and then Adam Malekos and Dario Conte from the senior academy. And uh, I leave the next two pieces of news. No, I think, I think we should comment on this for a second. Um, sure. I think this is really significant because um, when they were making the uh, announcement that Darko Buser was going to be in charge of the academy, I think um, Phil Dos Santos was really clear that the goal of the academy was to get kids onto the national team. And so I think this is a very um, tangible, um, you know, goal that they have set and they have met that well I mean assuming that somebody gets that gets picked for the U20 identification camp so um, good job for the Academy I think that's great news absolutely and uh, yeah thanks for for making a point because that is very true that th these are the early rewards uh, of, of having this very young program and we're only going to see more in the future but now for the last two items, <laughs> sorry. Kendra. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, you're on again. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. I thought you were... Yeah, okay. because uh, someone was mm. named NASL Player of the That's Week. That's correct. Uh, Sinisha Ubi-Parapovic <laughs> was named NASL Player of the Week. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, and then also uh, Ubi and Richter were both named to the NASL Team of the Week. Um, so congratulations to those two. And it's great to see our Fury guys in, in those categories, so. Yeah. yeah, and that pretty much wraps it up for the Fury stuff. Uh, not much going on in NASL generally, except that uh, Jacksonville Armada announcement that they fired their head coach and their GM and uh, the head coach's three assistants. Locksmith, what, what was your reaction to that? Uh, shocking, like, first year team, on paper, not that great. I don't know what they expected. Yeah, like they, they weren't. They're not doing uh, mm. much. Like they, they did. Like we didn't do much better than them no. in our first year. I think mm. they're doing better, respectively, than we did last year. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a little early to be like, you know, firing coaches and. And it's things. so pointless because they're not in contention. Like they're not going to come back from this and like no. make the top four seed. So. So maybe there's some something behind the scenes we don't know about, but yeah, that's uh, pretty surprising. And so with that, we will come to our second break of the podcast. So um, see you soon. You're listening to Ours is the Fury, your number one source for all things Ottawa Fury FC. Welcome back, guys. So let's take a quick look at uh, how the other teams fared in the NASL. So we have to go back all the way to Tuesday the 15th, where Atlanta lost 1-2 at home to Minnesota United. That game had me excited for a little bit because I'm pretty sure that Atlanta was 1-0 up in that game for a little bit, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they, uh, they got a red card early on, four minutes in. So they're kind of behind the, behind the eight ball a little bit and fortunately let it let slide. Yeah, and then there was a Wednesday game. Fort Lauderdale Strikers uh, beat Jacksonville Armada 2-0. Um, this game is kind of relevant because it may have helped the Fury to win the following game against them three days later because they had a mid-week mm -hmm. game. 1,278 <laughs> people witnessed it. Wow, that's probably the lowest I've seen. That's lower than... Uh, 
Fort McMurray. <laughs> so. Yeah, these uh, these midweek games haven't been really successful attendance-wise. No, and that's not surprising. We know that from here. Uh, the goals came from Friday's and Marceline. Um, and then Saturday, Atlanta beat Carolina 2-1. That's not really that great for the Fury. We're hoping that Carolina would take that. Attendance was a little more than 4,000. What else happened? Um, oh, Tyler Engel scores in the first minute for Carolina. So, you know, promising start for Carolina, but they could not finish that game. Yeah, everything happened in the first half. After that, nothing happened. <laughs> um, Edmonton got a win in the 11 which is huge for them. It was in front of 9,840 people. Uh, Fordyce and Niasi sealed the deal. Um, um, and then we had Tampa Bay Rowdies against San Antonio Scorpions. So, I don't know, did, 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 did San Antonio get any red cards in this match? No, they only got one yellow. Wow! <laughs> this is like That's the first a... time in like 10 matches in a row where no one got... It's a record. But it didn't help. <laughs> they still lost 2-0. <laughs> oh, San Antonio. Well, it could be because all their bad players who get red cards were suspended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then, what else was there? Oh, the big game of the week. Minnesota, New York Cosmos. In front of 9,418 people. Scoreless draw. Pretty even game. I managed to catch the end of it uh, after the Fort Lauderdale game. and uh, The crowd was pumping. Yeah, but that was the best possible result for the Fury because oh, uh, you know both of those teams were ahead of us in the in the combined table. So, well, they were um, now not so much, but um, that was that was the best possible result for us. But that is the only game that went good for the Fury. Really, everything else went opposite of what the Fury would have wanted. Mm -hmm. But it's okay because we're the leading horse, so who cares <laughs> what's happening behind <laughs> us in the race? Um, so let's have a quick look at the standings. The Ottawa Fury are, of course, first in the fall season with five points ahead of Minnesota. And uh, Cosmos have uh, drifted to th uh, all the way to third. Edmonton are back in, uh, uh, in the run. They have 22 points, are in fourth. Atlanta is fifth. Fort Lauderdale is sixth. And then after that, those, those teams don't have a chance anymore to get in, really. And, but if you look at the combined, you still have teams like Tampa Bay Rowdies that have a chance. They're fourth currently combined. Minnesota's third. Ottawa's currently second, just one point behind the New York Cosmos. It's also worth noting that Tampa Bay and Fort Lauderdale have a game in hand, so and they're not far out, in the combined anyway. Um, Tampa Bay has 33 points and Fort Lauderdale has 31, so anything could happen there. And our Canadian cousins, FC Edmonton, they're six overall, but they're they're not doing too bad. Um, I don't know what their the rest of their schedule looks like, but if they can get uh, a couple more wins, they they may just get in there with with fourth. How funny would that be? Post semifinals <gasps> on Canadian soil, like in the winter. Amazing. And then the final, like in Ottawa or something, that'd be great. My 30th birthday is like in, in, in the, within the first two weeks of November when the, like the, the semifinals and final will be. So I'm hoping for a big... Uh... Cape Fury, playoff <laughs> game for John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It should be noted that uh, in the combined season, 
after last night's game, we have the best goal difference in the league. Oh. Oh, good, oh. good eye. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, and we only have 19 goals against. 19 goals in 24 mm-hmm. games. It's insane. Yeah. In this league, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the next one after that is uh, 26. So that's pretty, that's pretty significant. Thank you, Puzzer <laughs> and Fabas. And everybody else defending collectively. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one more game to go in this crazy three matches in one week spell. It's going to be against what we would have expected the easiest of the three. Uh, it's going to be against Carolina Railhawks. But knowing the cruel irony of football, you know, this is not a guaranteed win or tie. Uh, we're going to have to throw everything at them. And Carolina is like almost unbeatable at home. They're very, very strong in their home stadium. So, um, yeah, don't count them out. Yeah. Don't tie. take this for advantage. Don't take advantage of this. Player to look out for always with Carolina is Ty Shipolani. He scored against us uh, the last time we played there, which was the first game of the season this year. When we lost, and uh, yeah, just kind of got to mark him and shut him down. Yeah, we do have the the eight-game road unbeaten streak currently, so it would be a shame mm-hmm. to lose that, even though this is the first time we're hearing from it. <laughs> and... Um, but if we win in Carolina, we would have five road wins in a row, which would be a modern NASL record as well. That's pretty impressive. So the Railhawks, they haven't won in the last three games, but they haven't had a home game since like September 4th, so that doesn't mean much because they don't get anything away. <laughs> so uh, they're probably just the same in Carolina that they have been all season, so pretty uh, consistent at home, so we got to... Work hard there. Hopefully they'll do well. They'll do well. The game is at seven thirty on Saturday. You can watch it on Rogers Twenty Two, where the Fury will stream it. Mm-hmm. American listeners can probably catch it on ESPN Three or something. Yeah, yeah. Come on out. Uh, Hard Crown has their watch party. Uh, we will have a watch party. I think SMR will have a watch party somewhere. Has yeah. been yet to be determined. Yeah, the Byton boys might have a different location, mm-hmm. and the Stony Monday right might have a different one than the, the official one. But uh, use social media for that. All groups are super active there, um, and that pretty much wraps it up for this week. I think. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you, Kendra, for joining us, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you're welcome uh, at any point. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. No problem. It was a blast. So get in touch with us at OIT Fury on Twitter. If you really missed Ryan this week, you can get in touch with him on Twitter at C-O-X-O-N. Blogsmith, where can you be reached on Twitter? Uh, at BlogFuryFC. And, and Kendra? I am at CrookedBeat. And I am at Puspa underscore A. And we have an email address, which is... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys created this after I was no longer a regular on the show. Ours is a Fury Podcast at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook group, um, which can be found on Facebook. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's time for us to, to say goodbye. See you later, guys. Doodles. Very well.
Blogsmith, you do realize it's your turn this week to come up with an Easter egg, right? Yeah, Blogsmith, what you gonna do? Yeah, I'm, I'm hungover. <laughs> I can't think straight. It took me half an hour to put my socks on this morning. I brushed my teeth with mayonnaise. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> I haven't showered in like six days. 